Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's bring uh, let's bring Tom in here and uh, visit with him about the weekend that's coming up here. Again, we're live at Oakland today, getting set for the weekend. Rebel Stakes is uh, coming up here this weekend. Tomorrow, actually, we're going to talk to Brad Cox, the trainer of the favorite in both the Honeybee and the Rebel in just about 20 minutes. But let's get Tom in here to talk about baseball and basketball and whatever else he wants to get into. What do you say, Tom? Man, I say it's a good weekend. I'm, I'm good. How are y'all? Doing great. We're good. We're good. Yeah, uh, looking forward to it. So we were just talking about Hagen Smith and the fact that he was on with us this week and didn't make any excuses about his poor outing. But, you know, Coach Van Horn mentioned that maybe he was having a hard time gripping the ball because of the cold and, uh, you know, DJ made a great point. I mean, there were some other guys that pitched darn well for Arkansas in the same environment. So um, bottom line is we all expect him to bounce back this week, even against a team as good as Oregon State. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you on that. And, you know, Dave Van Horn was very positive about, hey, you know, the question, did you talk to Hagen about it? It's like, yeah, I talked to him. I asked him how his dog is doing. He knows how to pitch. He, he's really good at it. He knows what he's doing. He's going to bounce back. So, you know, I, I think if it equates to five innings, um, maybe a couple, three runs or less, then it's a really good bounce back. Um, if he continues with the control issues, because, you know, he's had the – He's had the issue of having to throw too many pitches, you know, uh, in an inning, and it, it lessens his chance to go deep in games and things like that. So he's just got to be more efficient. The thing is, you know, the first guy worked a walk. He worked him pretty good. But 0-2 pitch, the guy's trying to bunt, and he, and he hits him with a pitch. And then the fly ball and the wind gets it. And it's 3 to nothing, and you really haven't pitched that bad, and you've thrown a bunch of pitches. So... Um, you know, Oregon State's going to try to work him, foul off pitches and such, and so he's got to he's got to be he's got to be able to have a, a, a an out pitch, a wipeout pitch when he gets two strikes on guy. Yeah, we barely talked about Tiger this week, Tom, because well, he pitched really well the other day. What would you like, or what did you see uh, that stood out about his performance? Yeah, and I got to go back and listen to your uh, talk to Hagen. That that was that's of great interest to me. So I'm going to find that. But um, yeah, Tiger. He he did what you know he did what he was supposed to do five innings I want to say it was a couple of three maybe a couple of three hits and then he hit I think two hits and he hit three batters including the same guy in the helmet twice and, and that guy ended up having to come out but I think he gave up one run, one run and his curveball was was effective I mean that's that was a good way to start the season for him. So what have you, uh, other than the fact they're 5-0 and and sounds like they're really getting it going offensively, what, what do you know about Oregon State, the matchup? Yeah, I looked into them pretty extensively yesterday for what I wrote. Uh, they're hitting they're hitting three, I think 333 as a team, or maybe 340 as a team, and ranked really high. They're scoring 10-plus runs a game. And, you know, it hasn't come against a bunch of whopping teams, but some of them have been pretty good. I mean, Minnesota's played them and Texas Tech. But they scored double-digit runs, I think, in three of their games, 52 runs. Um, the pitcher they've got going tonight um, um, is a, a transfer from Arizona who, um, who who threw pretty well in the season opener. So, uh, you know, Razorback hitters going to have to be a little bit more consistent. They In those four games, they didn't, 
you know, they blew them out in the, the 15 to five game, but the other three, they had chances to, you know, runners on base and two outs and, and too often got out or, and they didn't have productive outs when, you know, they'd had a runner on third less than two. So um, they'll have to be a lot more efficient in that to have a chance to knock off the, the Beavers tonight. Yeah, I was going to ask about this weekend. What did you say, Dustin, earlier? Uh, bet or plus 300, is that right? This weekend? Yeah, to win, to win all three. Games? Yeah. What are, what are your feelings mm-hmm. on that? You think they got a chance to go ahead and knock out all three of these games this weekend? Woo! Um, you know, I think they're 5-1 and one in Globe Life Field, so they've had a three-game sweep there. They've, they've played pretty well in these tournaments in Texas, and they've, they really like to go go to them. But to sweep all three of these, you know, Oklahoma State probably has a little bit of burr in their saddle against the Razorbacks for the things they've done to them in recent years, including, you know, going over there and winning the regional a couple of years ago en route to the College World Series. So I, I would say it's going to be difficult to win all three. And to me, I think the hardest one is tonight. Um, and then Michigan, they're a little bit down since they went to the College World Series a few years ago um, to the finals. And... um Oklahoma State, I haven't looked a lot into them quite yet, but I think winning all three would be a tough uh, tough road to hope for the Razorbacks. All right, let's move over to hoops, Tom, and talk about uh, the matchup this weekend. Arkansas has the potential. I don't want to jinx it, but win streak? Sound good to anybody? I don't know. Coming off of victory, got Missouri this weekend, and the potential, obviously, to knock. You did. I like it to knock yep. off uh, Vanderbilt next turn. week. Are we, are we talking big dance here? Is that what we're talking about, Tom? Oh, my gosh. We're talking. <laughs> no. Did you already hit the bar, Somebody DJ? Too- I know you're in the main line. The, uh, DJ it's close, though. They just, they just opened up oh, here at Oakland. They just opened everything up. No no drinks yet. No drinks yet. But there's always a shot. Hey, Tom, we were talking about this. I know a lot of people are no. counting them out. We know where they're playing. 2008 Georgia, last in conference. They won the SEC tournament. It, uh, got in the big dance as a 14 seed, so it's possible. Well, yeah, it can happen, and and I think the good news for Eric Mossman and company is that they're playing better. And and I'm actually writing about this for tomorrow, but through circumstances that the the injuries to Brazil, um, and Minifield and Graham has reduced the rotation, and it's been more productive that way. And, and it's not saying it could be three different guys could be out, and they could still be productive. But I think. I think Musselman's has operated better having a tighter bench. And it's just been so hard to find the right combination. Whose minutes do you reduce? It, at various times, it's been, it's been Battle or it's been Ellis um, that has not gotten as much playing time. And you know, Debo hasn't been on, um, you know, his minutes aren't what they've been in years past. So it's just been strange. Um, but before, and by the way, I researched this, if they win back-to-back games, it will be the first time since around Christmas that they did that, uh, which is really a, a stunning, you know, fact. And and then with Missouri, you think, okay, you know, they're 0-13 in the league. This will be a pushover game, but they're playing some of their best ball right now. Tennessee had a real battle to beat them earlier in the week. Um, and then the game before that, they had a real chance to win. So, um and they played Ole Miss well recently. So this, this is not going to be an easy one. Um, you know, Sean East is back in the fold playing well. And that base guy really good at drawing fouls, and, and uh, he's a good shooter. So it'll be a tough one. Yeah, that's something we talked to Joe Klein about this week, and, and it's easy to discount 
And we talked to Devo about it too. I mean, I think as a senior, you got to step up and say, "Hey, guys, we're you know, we won a game, but we're not we're not good enough to overlook anybody." And you're right. I mean, they're playing much better, and it is not. Uh, it would not be a good look to lose that game at home after winning up there. And I mean, it was a. I remember that game up in uh, Columbia. I'm sure Missouri's probably got you know feel some kind of way about the way things went up there. It was pretty embarrassing the way they got smacked around by Arkansas that first time around and. They made it kind of interesting at the end, but Arkansas was was rolling in that game. Um, yeah, the yeah. Ole Miss game yeah, over the weekend. Tom, I pointed that earlier in the week. That was a, that was a close yeah, one too. That, so. Yeah, that was that game was a lot bigger upset. I mean, a lot bigger route than what the final score looked like. Um, you know, it's all about relative momentum. I mean, Missouri they're not they're they're winless in conference play, but they have momentum. It's like the Razorbacks. This is like the best momentum mm-hmm. feel that that you, they've had in, in a while, and I think I think Dennis Gates has come under some I don't know criticism for not being you know for being very stoic and I I personally like his sideline demeanor as much as any coach in the league but um I think probably some criticism of that has gotten to him some and so he he just dropped a an f bomb the other day and said and make sure you guys print that I don't know if y'all saw this but oh. um he was fired up about I, and, and you know what it's it's basically in defense of his team. They're not getting enough whistles blown against the other team on fouls and getting to the line, and so I think back to back, Ole Miss went to the line a bunch, and then um, uh, and then in our last game against Tennessee, uh, Tennessee went to the line more often, and so he's like saying the officials need to more, call more fouls and put our team on the line more. So got to watch out for that Saturday too. Well, luckily he's on the road, so I don't know if he's going to get any kind whistles or not. Plus, when you don't win a conference game, they don't necessarily give you the uh, they don't give you the, uh, the benefit of the doubt a whole lot, do they, Tom? Seems like no, not typically. I mean, every once in a while, you'll just see a real fluke game where the, the visiting team goes to the line a lot more. But it's it's not near as common um, for sure. Uh, but you know, they got guys who drive. I mean, East and Bates both drive a yeah. lot. Nick Honor a little bit, and so. They can. They have the potential of getting to the line. And Bates is a, a fantastic free throw shooter too. So, but you know that's always a point of emphasis for Arkansas. And you know in that last game, Mark drove a lot, Battle did a lot, and even though A and M shot more free throws, particularly in the early and middle parts of the game, you know A and M had to foul towards the end, but Arkansas was knocking them down. So they were getting the right guys to the free throw line: Mitchell, Battle, and Mark. Uh, last thing real quick, Tom, I want to ask you about the Arkansas women and lost last night at Texas A&M, and I would have considered that kind of a toss-up game, I guess. I know they had a lead at the half, and um, sitting on the bubble, and you guys have done a good job of covering that and kind of keeping track of it, but just a few games left for them before the SEC tournament. What do you think they've got to do to get in to make sure that they're in, they're in pretty solid ground? Yeah, interesting you asked me that because I was talking to Ethan Westerman, who, who covers them for us. Um, he, he feels like they need to win two of three to be in a better shape i mean there's been so many pivotal games that if they'd won them i mean at florida the home game against alabama you you name several road game against kentucky earlier in the year that if they'd won those they'd be in so much better position sunday feels like must win against bandy and then of course you got south carolina so you know that's discounted before you even play it and then they they finished at Ole miss and so if they could beat bandy and went on the road at Ole miss to cap the regular season I think they might be on the right side of the bubble at that point. So, I mean, they, they truly are going to be – it's like the A&M men's basketball. Even though they've got a lot of wins against um, um, quad ones, 
They're on, I think they're on yeah. probably the wrong side of the bubble right now after the loss to Arkansas. Yeah, the problem is you're not beating South Carolina with all due respect. I mean, A&M you yep. know, was right there with them, and Vanderbilt, same thing. They're all 6-7. and seven. That's not an easy game. And then going to Ole Miss, Ole Miss is sitting in third place. I mean, that's not easy. So they could easily lose all three of these games. Yeah, it, they, they could. And Vandy's kind of had their number in recent games. So um, it, it's going to be a tough, tough finish. And if they can – if they can maybe show well against South Carolina and somehow pull an upset at Ole Miss, I think they're on the right side of this situation. Uh, but it's, it all starts yeah. with Sunday. I mean, I don't think I don't think they can afford to lose to Vanderbilt and somehow make the tournament unless they do spectacular things in the uh, SEC tournament. Gotcha, Tom. Great stuff. Yep. Appreciate you and the folks of the Democrat Gazette, and uh, we will talk to you again next week, man. Sounds like a good plan. See y'all. Have a good weekend.